Well, we have been in a series um, called Abounding in Love. We're, um, we're not quite done with that. Let's look at um, 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. Thank God. Thank God. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. It says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. May the Lord, verse 12, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. In the Amplified, verse 12 says, And may the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another. Uh, Philippians 1.9 says, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. That your love may abound still more and more in all knowledge and discernment. The Amplified Classic, Philippians 1.9 said, This I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development, knowledge, and keen insight. So we've been talking about abounding love. Abounding means overflowing. It means, you know, more than enough. It doesn't mean just a little squirt. That's all I got for today. Good thing you came early this morning. I'm done. You know, that X guy's there or something, and you can be nice to him, but then that's all you got. Go back in the house and... No, abounding means it's 11.59, you're still going. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be awake at that point. That means if you were awake at that point, you're still walking in love. You're still okay. You're not like, I'm done. I'm past my limit. You know, you ever had a little kid? I'm sure. Where they're done. They're past their limit. Well, Okay. We've got to train our kids. On the other hand, they're, they're two, three, four, five, whatever. We're, you know, if we're adults, we don't really have that excuse. Get to that point where, no, I'm just done. Forget it. I've done enough today. Well, uh, we've all been there. We've all, we've all got to that point. And, but really, if we're abounding in love, the more we um, walk with God and the more we grow in these areas, then... Even under duress, even under, under stress, even when it is late, even when we have gone without sleep, uh, we can still go. You know, sometimes we use those things as excuses. Well, I'm not feeling well, so therefore I have the right <laughs> to treat you poorly, to give you it. I haven't had my sleep, so therefore <clears throat> I have the right. We, you know, we, that's... That's not abounding in love. That's basically, well, uh, I, don't basically, I don't feel like doing that, so I'm not going to do it. But we've been, we've been talking about different uh, angles about this and, and different aspects. There's so much you could spend the next forever <laughs> talking about love. God is love. Um, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. <clears throat> Get into what we have for tonight. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongue of men, the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. 
And uh, though I have, verse 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So we'll read this again, but this is talking about a number of, of things that people generally, if they saw them, they say, oh, that's good. It's good. Way to go. And the Bible's saying here, if you don't do it in love, it's all for naught. It, it doesn't mean anything. Let's go back to verse 1. It says, Though I speak with the tongue, tongues of men and angels, but have not love. So in other words, you're flowing in the, the supernatural. You eloquently speak. Boldness. You have utterance. Speak. Able to... You know, speak God's word, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. That means just noise. So love makes a difference there. Verse 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Though I have, so go back to verse 2, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand mysteries and knowledge, so flowing in the supernatural. And though I have all faith so I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So you flow in the supernatural or have faith and you're able to do through uh, believing God. Uh, see things, miracles happen, but you don't do it in love, you're, you're nothing. Verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, so given everything to feed the poor seems pretty good, and you know, in some ways you're helping somebody. And though I give my body to be burned, you know, given your, your body to be martyred, but if you don't do it in love, it says, have not love, it profits me nothing. So making the, the point here that, that love, without love, these things are meaningless. Now let's look at James 1.5 because I want to talk about this in a certain context. James 1.5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If any of you lacks wisdom, or you need wisdom, we all need wisdom. We can pray for wisdom every day. You say, well, I just believe I'll just pray now and for every day, you know, rest of my life, and I won't have to pray anymore. Well, you don't know what you're going to face. And when you come up against it, you may realize, when I, I, wasn't, I, I, I need wisdom for this. I didn't see. You know, back when I'm just blanket praying, well, you know, I'll just pray over all my meals at once. Up ahead. Well, you don't know what's going to be set in front of you sometime. Now, you, you know... Believe God for, for wisdom daily. You need wisdom. We need direction. We need guidance. Here it says, if you need wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So we could just stop there. If you need wisdom, what's the first thing you need to do? You need to go to your computer or your phone on the internet and start searching for the answer, right? Is that what the Bible says? 
If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If we need to know what to do, first thing is we go to God. Say, God, I, I need wisdom. I need to know what to do. I don't know what to do. Number one, you need to admit you don't know what to do. That's not a bad thing. Not, you know, people, we don't, we don't know everything. You might be out of your comfort zone. might be in an area. If you're following God, you will be in areas that you don't know something about. If you just stick to where you think you know everything, number one, you don't know anything, even in that area. You don't know everything. But it's comforting to think, I kind of know some stuff here. Now, I get out here, not so, not so sure, so I'm going to stay here. But if you're going to follow God, He's going to stretch you and grow you, and you're going to get in areas you need to rely on Him. Thus, the Scripture says, if you need wisdom, if you lack wisdom, let, let that person ask of God. So you go to Him. It says, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach. That means, that's, this is a, you could put that in brackets, you know, it's, it's in um, between commas. That's a comment on God's character. It's saying, let him ask of God. You could put in parentheses, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. It's a comment on God. It's saying, he's this way. Because you could take that out and just said, it says, let him ask of God and it will be given to him. But that's like a comment saying, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, knowing that when you need wisdom, you go to God. He's there. He's not going, what? You again? Go away. I don't got time for you. You don't know that by now? No. Go figure it out. Seriously, go use Google. I'm not, I'm not dealing with you. That's, that's not God. Thank, thank God he's not that way. It says, if you go and ask of God, who gives to all liberally, that means he dumps it on. You know he's got more than enough. You know he, you can't even compare what you know to what he knows. It's not worth talking about. He has everything, and it says he, he gives it to you liberally. What does that mean? Just, just dump it on. More than you need, and without reproach. What does that mean? That means he doesn't do what we were just talking about. He doesn't say, really? Doesn't push you away doesn't treat you poorly, doesn't, he's not frustrated, he's not impatient. He gives you all you need and more, and he does it with a smile. He does it, he's nice. He's going to tell you, yeah, okay, this is what you need, here's what you do. So that's what, that, if we need wisdom, we're supposed to go to God. <clears throat> we're supposed to ask him, he's a liberal God, he's a giving God, he's not going to blow us off. And it says he, uh, the, the wisdom will be given to us. Now I want to talk about one aspect of this. <clears throat> Anything that God tells us to do, any wisdom that we get from God will always line up with love. It will be love. It won't ever violate that. You know, you may have some situation that it's just like, well, do this, you know, financially. And so it seems like, well, well, whatever you do, it's going to be what it's going to be in line with love. In other words, you may think it has nothing to do. Maybe it is something that's very uh, impersonal or whatever. But the action, but the result will always be Love, in other words, its effect 
will always be result, it, it will be walking in love with you, with anybody else it affects. In other words, you could have something you're dealing with in a situation with other people. Whatever you get from God is going to be the pathway that walks in love with you, with them. In other words, it won't be selfish. It's not going to be like, well, you do this, take care of this. Some people may give you advice that'll tell you, do this. Well, what about their person? Doesn't matter. You take care of you. If it's God's wisdom, it's always going to be in love, with love. That doesn't mean you're going to be taken advantage. We talk a lot about these different things. It's not saying you're going to be walked over. Doesn't, doesn't mean uh, you're going to be taken advantage of. Doesn't mean you're going to take advantage of everybody. It means that you, what you get from God is going to be the right thing. It's also it's going to be the right thing for now and for all time. It will hold up under any light. It is right and it will be in love. You can act apart from love or you can act in love. We just that's why I read 1 Corinthians 13. You can do something and do the quote-unquote right thing, but do it with the wrong motivation, and it's the wrong thing, and it's actually annoying. And it actually becomes the wrong thing. So when we're making decisions, when we're asking God, what, what should I do in this situation? He's going to direct us in such a way that if we're listening to Him, if we follow what the Word says, what you get from God is going to be in line with love because he is love. And if somebody says, well, I, you know, this is what God told me to do, and it's clearly violating the law of love, it's not God. It may be our flesh, maybe something else motivating it. Well, I told, told God, God told me to do such and such. And well, what about their person? It doesn't matter because this is, this is what my rights are, whatever. Well, okay, there's a way to walk through things. There may be legalities and whatever, but there's a way to do it that, that you can hold your head up high when it's all said and done. You didn't get dragged down. You didn't get tainted. You didn't give in to something that was half right, but half just vindictive. Because at the end of the day, if we yield to that, it's not going to hold up. It won't be the right thing. You can do something that gets the job done, but if it isn't in love, things won't work the way they should. There'll be a gap. Now we're talking about, we, we all deal with challenges, right? We all deal with situations, and when we go to God, He's going to give us direction. And we need to make sure when, when we're getting direction, of course, He's going to give us the right thing. When we're hearing from Him, we need to make sure we're looking at the Word and, and putting it through this filter. This is another way to look at it. Is what I believe I should do, is it love? Does it go up against the love test? Would I be able to say it's, it's walking in love? And you say, well, I, I, that's just about the other person, or you know, I, I need to do this. I don't want to deal with, with whether it's in love or not. If we don't yield to love, then we're going to deal with stuff we didn't want to deal with down the road. It won't work. There'll be gaps. You don't want to wake up five years from now and realize, oh, yeah, you know, 
it was the wrong thing to do, but I went ahead with it anyway. Love will do the right thing for others involved in the situation as well in your, as yourself because love is not self-seeking. Before we go on, let's just jump down. If you can jump down to 1 Corinthians uh, 13.4. Let's just look at this and then we'll, we'll go a little bit further talking about some of these things. But let's have this fresh in front of us in this context looking at it. 1 Corinthians uh, 13.4 in the Amplified Classic. It's all the way down at the end. Verse 4 says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. I've, you know, say, well, I've prayed to God and He said, just get in their face now. Well, does it... <laughs> Does it pass this? <laughs> I heard from God and he said, tell you off. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. We're going to look through this and just it's a good check. You know, when I get a direction of what I believe God's telling me, it might not be a bad idea just to pull out these scriptures and go, does this pass muster? Okay, we're not, again, you got to listen to some other message. We can't attempt to, to cover everything we covered but you have to say some of these things because people get in one ditch or the other. This walking in love does not mean being a doormat, does not mean being taken advantage of in any area, in relationships, in business. Doesn't, doesn't mean that you're a doormat. It means uh, you're going to walk according to what God would have you. He's not going to make you, um, you know, out to be the one that is taken advantage of. On the other hand... If we're looking at what God would do and what love would do, then it can maybe shore up some of our, or, or give us an indication if we're just walking out of emotion. Or maybe we're walking out of somebody else's philosophy. And you got to be careful what you read in different areas. They may tell you to do such and such, and they have no qualms about doing it a certain way. But for you, as a Christian, not the way to get it done. Going to be a bad witness. May have read it in a textbook, may have read it in a book, you know, or a bestseller, and they said, well, you do this in this situation, and is it godly? Well, you got to protect you. Sure, God believes you should protect you, but what's the way you do it? Because if you do it at somebody else's expense, you're sowing the wrong seed, you're opening the door to the wrong thing. Um... God's way will always work. Love endures long and is patient and kind. You know, is it patient? Is it kind? Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. You know, am I, am I just putting myself out there saying something I shouldn't? Is it, does it look like I'm boastful? Does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly. Well, I just, I'm, I got to give them a piece of my mind. There's a way to do that. There's a difference between being rude and assertive. You know? It's easy to, to try to use the excuse, well, it's my righteous indignation. Maybe. But these verses are still true. 
to how we going to treat somebody. Does that mean we're going to put somebody down? If we were on tape and looked at ourselves later, is that how we want, is that, would it be a godly example? You know, everything recorded, and we talked about this, something that Jesus did, you know, it wasn't on video, but they recorded it, wrote things down, it stood up to time. In other words, you can look at it from every angle, it'll look right all the time. Doesn't matter if you're behind closed doors. Well, then, you know, I, I, it doesn't matter how I talk to somebody. No, it does matter. It says, it is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. God, or love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. So you got to walk that out. But we have, we have certain rights in, in uh, you know, legal rights. We have um, maybe rights contractually and things. Do you just give all that stuff up? No, that's not what the Word says, but... You know, in, in certain areas where, where it could go either way, how's our approach? I mean, we always give it up. No, you got to be led. But it's not like at the expense of everything, I'm insisting no matter what, I'm getting my way on this. You know, you know what I'm talking about. There's, there's times where it's like, doesn't matter. You, you're giving up this and this. I don't care. I want this. Well, that's not, that wouldn't be walking in love. Does not insist on its own rights or its own weight, for it is not self-seeking. Okay, so when I'm looking at how to go forward, is this all just about me? What about other people? Well, I believe God's telling me to do this. Well, we look at it this way and say, well, is it completely selfish? Maybe, maybe God's prompting me a certain way, but I'm putting it through a filter and I'm coming out with something that isn't quite right. We have a soul. And, and we need to know uh, you know, we've been talking about renewing our minds on Sunday. So as we renew our mind, we think more and more in line with the Word of God. But it's a process. So you might have a thought that's not lining up with the Word of God. And, and, and to divide that, you need the Word. The Bible says the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. will divide between soul and spirit. What's your heart? What's your head? What's God saying and what's you? Is not self-seeking, is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Well, I just think we ought to just cut them off and just do this. Get them. You're fired now. I mean, it might be time to get some to let somebody go. Is that now? Is that right this way? You know, what what's the, the way we walk? And when we're talking about decisions, we're talking about it in this context. And this is to just give us a light. As we all make decisions in life, we all seek God for wisdom. And as we're doing that, we can, we can look and say, well, is it lining up? That can shine the light on, on, on a direction that maybe is in the right general direction, but there's some details there that are really our souls getting involved emotions. We have emotion. And we have to realize that. We have a soul. And when we, when we go to make decisions, and we're endeavoring to be led by God, you want to be led by your spirit, not by your head. And those two can be muddled, especially when it's a charged situation. I, 
I, I want this thing to happen. I want to do it this way. I want God to tell me to do it this way. I want license to do it this way. Uh, let, turn me loose. Can you just let me? I, I want to, and you know, but, but you really don't want. If it's not God, you, you don't want that. You may, your flesh wants it. Your soul may want it. But here's a good indication of what is God and not. If it, if it feels comfortable or good now, but when you look down the road, it's not going to hold up and it's not the right decision. You look two years, five years, and you realize, nah, this won't hold up. Or this will not age well. It's probably the wrong thing. Could be short-sighted. Doesn't have to be sin. You know, people, in, in one case, though, people will storm off the job. They've had it. They're going to yell and they're going to tell the boss where to go. And then they, they walk out and they told them. And then they now they don't have a job. Now they're looking for a job. Why'd you leave the last job? Well, and now they got to talk around that. That's a thing. People that are hiring people, when you leave, how did you leave? You can pick up on stuff. Now that's in their past. They, you know, in... in well, there was this and this. If people probe, truth can come out. Well, that doesn't age well. They felt real good walking out the door. I'm done with you. And then, <laughs> that didn't work out so well. Uh, later, well, so there are certain things. It could be something that... Um, could be short-sighted, you know, business-wise. There's a lot of businesses are run quarter to quarter because, you know, they may be publicly traded. We got to make the numbers got to look good. Not the best way to go long term, but we got to do this now. Okay, if it's short term, is okay. But long term, if you looked and said, that's really not the best way to go long term, might be an indication not the best thing to do. On the other hand, there's things that they're not comfortable now. In the short term, it's painful. In the short term, I don't want to say that. I don't want to do that. But long term, it's the right thing. It'll hold up over time. That's actually, that's what we need to do. Mm, not going to be the most comfortable to do it, but long term, I look five, ten years. I want to look back where I am. That's the right thing. That's, that's a good way to judge some of these things. It's not self-seeking. And it's not, it's not, impatient and touch, not touchy and not resentful. These things can lead us to act when we shouldn't act. But it's not going to hold up. It takes no account of uh, the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. I want to get back. I want to say something back. The Bible says we're not to look at that. Again, not talking about being run over. But there's a way, sometimes you don't have to say stuff. How should I handle this situation? Sometimes the best thing to do about it is nothing. Did you hear me? You want actually to hear, do something. Because that would gratify your flesh and your itchy, your mind. I, just tell me to go talk to him. I want to talk to him. I want to say something. 
just let me say something. I'll get in there, you know, I want to, and it may be, don't do anything. You don't need to say, well, I want to tell them how they messed up here, you know. You can, well, it's because of their growth and whatever. Maybe you should just not say anything. Maybe the best thing is right now, you don't say anything. You just let it go. Well, sometimes that's hard. And you're asking, God, show me what to do, but you're hoping, he says, go talk to him and tell him. Do something. You've got to get up. And your flesh hearing, you don't have to say anything, don't do anything, is kind of like, mm. Mm. Well, we, wouldn't it be better, though, if it was the wrong thing, if you shouldn't go tell them and go talk to them, and God is leading you not to tell them anything, don't you think your future self is going to be happier with not talking to them? Isn't that the right? If you, in, if you, your flesh, wants to go talk to him, but you're not supposed to, your future self's going to thank you for just sitting on your hands and just being like, nope, not going to do it. Nope, not the right thing. If it's God leading you and it's his wisdom, it will work. Why would we want to do the opposite? Well, we got flesh, we got a soul. What are we going to yield to? So we put it through these, these filters going, is this God? Is this me? And here's another thing. If you don't know, just stay still until you do. Well, I don't know, so we're just going. That's not the right thing. What are the consequences? If you feel pressure, if there is pressure to do something, that's not God. Why does God have to pressure you? He could have dealt with you just earlier. And then you'd be on time. Oh no, we gotta go. We gotta do it. It's now. Just, just do it. It's all right. That could lead to you're still thinking about that five, ten years from now. You just went and did it. You didn't, you didn't get a clearance, weren't sure, just gonna do it. And now you're picking up the pieces. That's not a good, that's not good. We're talking about wisdom. God, you tell me to do it. If we don't know. If we can't tell if it's our soul or our spirit, then don't move. Just stay, just stay there. You know what? God will show you. If, if it's your heart, it is going to line up with the word, and it will still be God tomorrow. And God can get it across to you. On the other hand, if it's not the right thing and you choose to act anyway, now you've set things in motion. Be careful who you talk to th about things if you don't know that's what you're supposed to do yet. Well, I think it maybe could, and maybe you just need to, we, you know, you're asking God for wisdom, direction. Just settle, sit, get direction, wait, but you're itching. Well, I just talk to somebody. You talk to somebody, you set things in motion, especially if you're dealing with an organization. Well, we'll just talk about it. We got other people's emotions involved now. You got them talking. You got, you know, them thinking, and now... You decide it's the wrong thing. Now you've got to put out the fires. They're already, well, yeah, now you've got to, well, why don't you think we should? Well, I just don't think it's the right thing. But why? And now they've got 15 reasons why they think it's a good idea. Now you've got, and all you have is, I don't think it's the right thing. If you shut up before you ever say anything, they never knew it was a deal. You decided it's wrong and you don't say anything, don't have to deal with all that nonsense. 
So it'll be, God's going to deal, He's going to show you what to do, and it's going to line up. If it's impatient, if it wants to get somebody back, wants to say something, watch it. Might just be ready to, to step into a, a trap. Verse 6, it does not rejoice at injustice and in righteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Want the right thing. Well, the right thing might not come out. We'll do it this way. It doesn't matter. I mean, but that doesn't seem, you know, that's not, everything is in place for that. I don't know. It's all right. Nobody knows about it. <laughs> be careful of that. Do you want certain things to come out? We're not even talking about malicious. Follow the, the steps. God is not going to, somebody else doesn't have to lose for you to, to succeed. Verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. This is love. Again, we we're talking about not saying something. When you're dealing with people that are close to you, you know, your spouse, children, whatever, it says it bears up under any, everything in re uh, uh, ever ready to believe the best of every person. Shelley was talking about this last year, be, or last week, being a cheerleader. Sometimes you don't need to, again, talking about it in this light, don't need to say certain things. Maybe you should just hold your tongue. Maybe you should say, maybe you don't feel like saying something, but you ought to say something. It would be a good thing. It encourages somebody. It encourages them to, to do anything. You know, you know, we don't like it when people are constantly telling us, well, we don't measure up. Even if they mean well, that can get, it can get old, right? When you're thinking about how, talking about wisdom, how to deal with somebody in a situation, especially people, the people aspect of it. What, God's wisdom is not going to blow up somebody else's life to get your stuff done. It's all right. I mean, they can take it. Those words can be ringing in their head for 15 years. What's the right thing? What's, what's God's wisdom? That he'll give you the right thing to say. That won't, not only will it not blow something up, it'll, it'll calm things down. You say the right thing and it just, situation was brewing, you didn't even know about. Boom, it just goes, goes down. He'll give you the right thing to do. Love will work always. It says, verse 8, love never fails. Love never fails. It never fails. God, we're talking about the love of God. We're talking about what God would have us to do. I mean, so we know this with our head. And what we're trying to get over tonight is that it, when we're making decisions in life, love is not just, oh, it has to do with treating people nice. It is how to live life. When you go and ask God for wisdom on what to do, what path to take, it, His love is equivalent. I mean, it's going to be His wisdom because His wisdom will never tell you to do something that would counter His love. His, his wisdom is going to be the love of God through your life. In other words, it's going to be the right thing for you, the right thing honoring God, the right thing honoring and, and treating the people around you right, and when you look back on that decision 15 years from now, it will still be right. Doesn't say, not saying we're going to all walk everything perfectly, but you won't have to hold your head and say, yeah, I know that was impulsive. Yeah, that was the wrong thing. You'll say, 
that was a godly thing. Godly decisions hold up over time. They look right. They look like they're, you treated somebody right in that situation. You did the right thing, and nobody could fault you for it. In fact, you treated them nicer than they deserved, and there was nobody around. That's going to hold up. That's going to be the right thing. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Go ahead, go back to verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Your heart, the love of God, is shed abroad or poured out in your heart, Romans 5, 5 says. You don't have to go there. The Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God is poured out in your heart. So our hearts are what's in tune with the love of God. Our hearts are what God is going to, He's going to be talking to your spirit, talking to your heart. We're talking about decisions, making decisions. How should we ultimately make decisions? Of course, there's some head knowledge you may have to do, you know, d- depending on what kind of situation it is. You have, you some, have some training but you're, you're also looking on the inside. See, this is being led by the Spirit of God, but this is another aspect of it. God's never going to lead you in a way that's not love. It'll take, you may not even understand all the ramifications. If you'll follow your heart, God, his, your heart may be tugging on you. Something's not right. You may not even know everything about it, but it's not right. And you realize if you would have acted that way, not even talking about something blatant, but you didn't understand how it would affect somebody. But you just didn't feel quite right about it. You didn't maybe know a piece of the puzzle, and you just, wait, I'm not sure. My head says go, uh, but something's nagging me on the, uh, on, on, on the inside down here. You realize, you find out more information, you realize if you would have stepped in that way, it would have been interpreted wrong, it would have actually appeared to be not in love, and God is helping you. Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, Lean not on your own understanding. When you're asking God for wisdom, don't just look at your head. Look at your heart. What's your heart saying? What, how does it line up with the Word of God? How is what you think you're getting lining up with love? Don't lean on what you, your own understanding. Don't lean on your soul. Verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge Him. So you're going, God, I need to know. Number one, you're going to Him saying, I need to know how to do this. I need to know what I need, what, what, what is wisdom, what is love in this situation. Acknowledge him, and it says, he shall direct your paths. He will. You'll get the right answer, you'll get the right way, and you won't have to wish you would have, you know, you could have a do-over. Step by step, God's going to lead us and direct us in his way. The love of God is in our heart. The love of God uh, is leading us and guiding us through His Spirit, through our hearts, if we'll listen to Him, and it will be good. It will be right. We won't have to hang our our head in shame. We won't be uh, condemned. We won't be regretting how it, it, it made a mess in, in a different area or damaged a relationship or, you know, 
cause something uh, financially or business-wise. It'll be good. Didn't get the right, quote-unquote, result, but at the expense of blowing something else up. God has good way. His way is always right. Everybody say, God's way is always right. Always. And His way is love. His wisdom is love. Always He's going he's gonna to lead us. Praise God.